Hey, welcome back to the Fit Life Formula Podcast. This is episode number 55. Uh, at the Fit Life Formula Podcast, we talk about things like fitness, nutrition, mindset, anything that is going to help you keep moving and uh, keep you healthy, keep you vibrant all the way through your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, maybe your 80s, maybe your 90s, who knows, as long as you uh, care to do it, these strategies and these topics are going to help you keep moving and stay strong throughout. The Fit Life Formula Podcast is the official podcast of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the founder and owner of Advantage Strength. And uh, at Advantage Strength, we help people between the ages of 35 and 65 to live more, play more, and feel strong so that they, so that they can stay active with their family and friends and get back to doing the things that they love to do. A lot of the topics that you're going to hear on this show are, in fact, uh, questions from members. Uh, and we also do a lot with small businesses in the Ann Arbor community that are also helping uh, people to um, live more, live passionately, stay healthy, um, making it easier to exercise, more fun to exercise. And that's where today's guest comes into play. And of all of our guests, this um, this company has contacted probably more people than anyone that we've had on this show um, and, and given people enjoyable experiences in exercise. On the show with us today is Eva Solomon, the founder and CEO of Epic Races, an Ann Arbor-based company that uh, sponsors um, road races, triathlons, you name it. If, it. if you can race, you can do it. Um, and so, Eva, thank you so much for coming on with us today. It is my pleasure. It's great to be here and, and great to chat with you. Well, we've been kind of uh, doing what we do. We have a lot of common friends and uh, we have a lot of people in common, but you and I have never actually met face-to-face. We're still only meeting over Zoom, but... Um, I've known about your company for a long time and it, you know it's so impressive when when one company started by one person can bring thousands of people together um in the streets of Ann Arbor and you know pull off these big races these big events that are that are very well done and and run really well and that's all started by one person and so I'd love to know where Epic Races came from how did you start this how did you make this a company that contacts so many people every year? Well, um, yeah, it, it's always um, kind of funny to think back to, to the beginning. And actually, just, you know, with that, um, just yesterday, a friend of mine who was cleaning out some boxes found some little advertising postcards that we sent out with our first race. And it was really fun to, you know, she brought them by the office and um, just to see, you know, what it was, it was one race and it was, you know, the try goddess try. And the, the slogan was six races to choose from because we had six different events within the try goddess triathlon. And um, we're, we're doing a lot more than that now, but that is where it began. The try goddess triathlon. Um, I saw a need for a women's only triathlon in the state of Michigan. At this time, there were not any women's only triathlons. And, and that's kind of a thing. You know, a lot of women look for these women only triathlons and they were having to travel for them. So got that going. And actually at the very beginning, um, I did not start on my own. I, I started with Sheila Termina, who was retiring from being an Olympic athlete. And I say athlete because she did three different sports in the Olympics, uh, four different times, swimming, triathlon, wow. and decathlon, no, pentathlon. 
pentathlon, sorry. Um, that was her third. And then was retiring from that. And we decided to put on a women's only triathlon. And we called it She Rocks, kind of in, in her honor for Sheila. Um, but then Sheila really um, got into coaching and public speaking and was traveling. So I ended up moving on on my own with that. Um, and then just slowly added races. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Never had any intention of having up to 20 races in a year, which is what I have now. But um, just little by little would have an idea. And it's it's kind of like a blessing and a curse with me. If I, if I have an idea, I want to do it and keep moving forward with it. And once I have that idea in my head, I just want to see it happen. And that's what started happening. We um, had two races that first year, three races the second year. And then each year either came up with an idea and made it happen or other companies were phasing out. So we would take over their races and make them our own, put our own touches on it. We like to do things always a little differently, um, put a little spin on things. So that's what we started doing. Hmm. Well, that's, that's super cool. And so where does your, where does your background, uh, like what about your background, yeah. you know, brought you to this? Yeah. Well, the first year that we, I started, um, it was called EST events that first year with Sheila, I was an elementary school teacher and that, that really is my background is in education. Um, I did put on my first race in 1995. I lived in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I was working as the youth director at the Jewish Community Center there, and they wanted to put on a race. And because I was a runner and the youth director, and, and they just figured, sure, she can put on a race. So I did. So I put on the JCC five miler. And it was just, it was something on the side. It wasn't a business. It was something, you know, I did for them. Did that for, I think, three or four years um, until I moved to Ann Arbor and was teaching, which was my my profession um, for 20 years, was doing that and then had this idea to start this women's triathlon. And it, it was hard to teach and put on the race, even though it was only one race. I like to do things really well. And I want to have really good customer service. And, you know, at that time trying to teach and then I, I'd see a, a phone call coming in and I'd want to answer it. And I was just feeling distracted and, and couldn't do it all. So I left that. And then the next year was race directing full time. Wow. That's a, that's a big switch. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's where you hear a lot of stories coming from. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I spoke with um, the Zilkies who have a farm stand in Milan who were career. One was a nurse and one was a owned a landscape company and now they're, they're doing something else. So it's, yeah. it's fun to see when, when your passion is so strong and you, you enjoy what you are doing now so much that it drives you to uh, that as a new career. So that's really cool to hear. You know, though, um, the thing with it, though, um, teaching really, um, the, the skills needed to be a good teacher are very similar to being a good race director. Okay. The things you need to be able to do, um, to be able to be creative and to be flexible, um, to be able to quick make a change. If something, you know, if you're teaching a lesson and something isn't going, going quite, quite right, you don't want to stick to your lesson plan because it's not working. 
you may need to change. And the same thing happens at a race. If you, if you have 500 people lined up on the beach to get in the water and there's lightning, you need to do something quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's just one of the things. But aside from that, just being able to have computer skills and, you know, physical, you know, set up teardown skills and controlling big groups of people and, and all of that. It's really, it's, it's pretty similar. Well, and for, for a race at its core being about people going from point A to point B, there is an incredible amount that goes into that in terms of, uh, like you mentioned, the setup and teardown and, mm-hmm. and you know, what are we doing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and um, then the behind the scenes, so the goal setting, you know, um, people set goals and we help them reach their goals. And it's not just on race day. There's a lot of customer service, a lot of emailing back and forth, um, you know, things that I never really expected when I started doing this. Um, like I said, I had put on a, a five mile running race for a few years, um, different from putting on triathlons and, and bike races and the variety of races I put on now. But um, the first year, what was really just wonderful was that more than half of the people who showed up were first timers. Mm-hmm. And really kind of new to fitness, they were using a triathlon as a way to get fit and, um, and stay fit and just adopt that lifestyle. And that part is really my favorite part, seeing people make these life changes through the events. Well, it's an opportunity for you as well to, you know, to not just affect them in that day is now you have, you know, three or four months to, to be a part of their life and help them adopt that new Mm-hmm. That no, absolutely. And, and that's what we try to do, you know, keep, keep people engaged through all of the different events and just through the different things we do. And um, yeah, so there, there's, there's a lot, a lot of balls in the air with what I do. Well, you mentioned special touches that you put into races. What would make an Epic races race different, maybe from one that you've taken over or what would be the special touches that you put into your races? Um, Okay. And, and I, and I, I don't know if I use the word special touches. I might've said our own, our own touches. I don't know. Some people think it's special, some not. And, and, and I'll, you'll see why. Something um, unique. <laughs> right. So the kind of things that we do that are a little different um, for the firecracker 5k. So that's a race that's been around for a very long time, originally um, organized by Tortoise and Hare and then Champions for Charity. And then we, we partnered with Champions for Charity for a little bit and then took it over. Um, so what we did, um, instead of on um, 4th of July, just having a 5K, we wanted to bring a little spirit of 4th of July into it. And one of the most famous things um, on the 4th of July, American traditions, which is not really anything I would ever partake in, and you probably wouldn't either, but um, the the Coney Island hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, okay, we've got to figure out how to do this, but not do it like, you know, in in a gross way. (laughs) So... We did. We added a hot dog eating contest. So to kick off the race, um, whoever enters that is up on the steps of the post office. And we we only give them four hot dogs because it's the 4th of July, four hot dogs. And they have 76 seconds to eat 
as much as they can before they take off and run their 5k. <laughs> so, so that, that's an example. Um, we, we kind of just throw in some extra, you know, part of like entertainment in there. We have a, um, a pie run, um, on pie day, 3.14, 3.14 miles. So of course that starts off also with a pie eating contest. Um, sure. so we do that. And just, um, you know, those are the two that I'm thinking of now. Now, I mean, it's all kind of a blur because it's been a long time since we've put on a live event. But, um, you know, we just always try to do something just to just to make it fun and, yep. you know, more of a spectacle sometimes. Um, our medals most often are something you can use. Um, our, this is actually a, an event that's coming up right now, a, a virtual race, the Festivus for the rest of us 5k. And so the medal is, um, you know, now they have these touch tools, so you don't have to touch the ATM buttons. Mm. So the medal is one of those, but it looks like, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but the Festivus is known for the Festivus pole. So that's okay. like a symbol of the holiday. I know more than I ever need to know about Seinfeld now because of this race <laughs> with the pole. So it's like a, we made the metal a touch tool that you can use, keep it on your keychain, but it looks like a Festivus pole. Yeah, that's so, such a good idea. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff that, that make our events epic. Like I said, okay. I, some people think it's special. I don't know if um, everybody agrees. Well, it definitely makes it more fun. Um, right. And and engaging for people, and that's that's super important. Um, for sure, we right try now, to like to have something for everybody. Well, right now, obviously, things have changed, right? So you mentioned uh, early on, you said you might have five hundred people on a beach, uh, ready to start a triathlon. What does it look like now? Now, now I've got twenty people on Zoom <laughs> for what we do, but um, it, it's been interesting. And we were um, right at the start of cancellations because I mentioned the pie run. It was March fourteenth. Um, mm. We had three races scheduled for March. We had the Waterloo G and G gravel bike race, and um, the pie run, and the marathon, Ann Arbor marathon. So big, big difference wow. there with those three different races. Um, so we were, you know, it was not even, it was like, I think not even a week before the um, May or March 13th, 14th, that weekend. And we had an all staff meeting to go through all of the details of all three races. And we talked about, we didn't, I don't even think we knew the term social distancing, but we talked about how we could keep it safer because of this coronavirus thing we were hearing about and didn't even cross our minds. We might have to cancel. And then the next day, we had to cancel the Probability Ann Arbor Marathon. It was that quickly uh, that everything geez. changed. And I was getting emails from the city. What do we want to do? And, and we had to cancel it. But then we thought, oh, well, we can do these other races because they're smaller. And then the next day, everything was canceled. So um, and being the first to do that, participants didn't really understand. They said, you know, we were getting emails, um, you know, that, you know, why are we you know, succumbing to this? This is a hoax, this coronavirus and can't believe we're canceling this race and all of that. So um, that was a lot to deal with. We had to have an away message up because we couldn't even keep up with all of the communication. So um, we, we got through that and gave participants. Um, options to either participate virtually, we created virtual races, or to um, defer to 2021. 
um, or to what was, I think that was it actually. <laughs> Those, that was what they could do. They could defer or they could race virtually. But that was, oh, they could switch to another epic race. Cause at that time we thought we had like 15 more races for them to choose from. Right. Uh, we, we managed all of that. Um, so um, the virtual race that we were fortunate that we already put on virtual races. That was not new for us. Mm-hmm. We started virtual races in 2013 because our medals were so awesome that people asked if they could buy them. And we said, yeah, you can't buy a medal. You have to earn a medal. So we created the virtual race. Um, And yeah. And then after that, you know, just, I think we all know kind of how that went. Um, Things just kept progressing. We kept thinking, oh, next month, next month. And people kept saying to me, when is live racing going to happen again? Oh, you know, maybe in June, maybe in August. Right. (laughs) So, Right now, um, we really don't know. But we have offered virtual for most of our races this year and then created unique ones as well. And what we really like doing is creating challenges for people. We recently had um, what, what we call the Probility Ann Arbor Mile a Day Challenge. And we partnered with 15 different mental health charities to raise money and awareness to we called it erase our ACE, erase the stigma surrounding mm-hmm. mental health issues. So um, that was great. We had 1,100 people, and that wow. was like probably the the finish line of that was my best day I think of this year because it felt a little bit like a race. We set up a finish line here actually in our parking lot of our office, and we allowed 30 people to show up to finish their mile a day. So they did a mile a day for 26 days, and then the point two to finish the marathon all together through the finish line. Wow. So um, we're just, you know, trying to keep that kind of stuff going to keep people active and outdoors and moving mm. and doing it safely. They don't need to be in crowds. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And, you know, I think it sounds a lot like what we've been doing too, is that just finding new and interesting ways to, for people to, engage with fitness and, and, you know, helping them out along the way. And I think you, you touched on the mental health side. The the funny thing is, even though it's not funny, it's ironic. The ironic thing is um, that the things that are going to help the people the most, you know, in terms of mental health, in terms of physical health are the things that are the first to go. And that, and so that's, that's tough. Um, Very true. So for people who have not done a, a virtual race, it sounds like there's a few different formats, but if someone were interested in doing a virtual race, walk me through that. Cause I've never done one. Um, talk a little bit about what that looks like. What is it? What does a virtual race entail? Okay. And it's, it's really evolved um, a lot through this whole COVID thing, because when we first started it, really it was you register for the race. Um, you commit to doing it maybe, you know, running a 5k or a half marathon or something like that. I never would have put on a virtual full marathon before, but, um, you, you commit to doing that. We send you a few emails of encouragement, training tips, maybe a racing schedule or something. And you then tell us about it on social media, maybe post a picture of your watch or some fun pictures. And then we send you a shirt and a medal and a bib, maybe a sticker, another piece of swag in the mail. Mm -hmm. 
And that's how that looked. And still like a lot of virtual races still look that way. But we are trying our best now to keep it as real as we can and as interactive and, and, you know, just keep people feeling part of a community because that is one thing that is so important with what we do. You know, if you want to go run every day, you can go run every day on your own. But when you run with a group, you're part of a community, part of a a running community, a fitness community, a multi-sport community, whatever it is. And that's really an important thing for people. So, um, what we've been doing, um, all different things. Um, we have been having, like we had the live finish line. I, I talked about having 30 people here in person, but that was all on Zoom. So we told everybody on that last day to call us up on Zoom. We had some speakers, we had some live music and had everybody run. Since it was only 0.2 miles, it's real easy to do with your phone mm-hmm. and, and be part of that. We've been having award ceremonies on Zoom where we have people on there. We, we you know, announce them, show the award they're going to get, and they can either come pick it up or we mail it to them. Uh, we did a virtual event that we called Mind Body Try. So we had a live yoga class followed by going out on your own to run a 5K and then coming back for 15 minutes of meditation. Mm-hmm. And we sent everybody a shirt and a bracelet in the mail. We didn't do a medal because it was like mind body, not really a competitive thing, but we had a cool chakra bracelet we gave them in place of the medal. Um, So that came in the mail. Um, So really, I mean, it's just, you know, it's signing up, committing to the event, doing the event, sometimes over zoom, sometimes on your own, sometimes a hybrid, like the mind body try. Um, And just, you know, staying in communication with the event for us is the key rather than feeling like, they're buying a certain amount. Yeah. And we're trying to avoid that. Well, and I think it's it's great to hear too, because there are still ways to try something new, so to say. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you would think because there's no physical races that that it's not something that people would be able to, you know, take on for the first time or whatever it is. But, you know, it sounds like it's new and you're, you're keeping things fresh and keeping things interesting to the point where, you know, even if you've done five K's, if you've done 10 K's, whatever it might be, this is something that's worth exploring because a, um, you need, you need a little bit of release. You need something new in your Mm -hmm. life right now. Uh, And I think we're all in that boat, particularly with the new shutdown or the newest news here. Um, and you know, if you've done all those things before, it's, it's worth revisiting because now it's going to be totally new. You know, you may be doing the run in a, in a location where it's not everybody all at one time, but there's going to be a lot of other cool components with it as well. Right. You've still made a commitment. You've set a goal. And, you know, one thing when we were chatting um, before and, and you asked me if anything good has come out of this, one thing actually that um, I wasn't thinking about that, and I have talked about this, that for the first time I can participate in my events because mm. before, and that, that was like always just the biggest thing that people would always ask me when they hear what I do, they say, oh, and do you participate in all of those events? Oh, sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there on the course while everybody's like, no, I don't participate in the events. But I get asked that a lot. So anyway, now I can because they're virtual. And um, and 
with all of this kind of coinciding with COVID, I, um, I have been injured, um, and I, and I can't run and I don't think I'm going to get back to running. So I've been looking for different things to do. And one of our virtual events, um, was to raise money for the wildland firefighters. It was, um, and we've done this with them for years and it was just 5k, but now I said, Hey, we've got to be creative. There's a million 5k virtual races now. So one of the things the wildland firefighters need to do for, to become one is carry a 45 pound pack on their backs for three miles in under 45 minutes. So we created a virtual race where you have to do that. And I decided I was going to do that and train for it. And it, it doesn't sound that hard, but it was pretty hard, um, especially before I, I trained for it. So I started training and I did it. Um, and really like it felt real. You know, I, I, um, I did it with a friend and, um, I, I really loved the race day. I kind of got like those race day jitters and yeah. like kind of just, you know, worried it might not happen. And well, what if I fail? And, and I did it all. And, um, so if the race director can create the race <laughs> and get nervous about doing it. I've got to think it, it should feel real to people who participate. Well, and and so does the sense of accomplishment when you're done. It, it's oh, I felt great with I, as I, many with with as many um, changes that have that have gone on about how the race is presented to you. The everything about your approach to it is going to feel the same. You're still going to have pre-race nerves. You're still going to have that mm -hmm. same sense of accomplishment when it's over. Um, and so really your experience as a racer is going to be largely the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's just kind of, it's embracing it. And then you have that, you know, I left the house, my husband said, good luck. He didn't come cheer me on, but he said, good luck. <laughs> and when I came home first thing, he's like, Hey, how'd it go? You know, it, it was, it was an interesting experience. Um, so yeah, so that, you know, that's something that, um, I, I never would have had before because, I never did any of our virtual races. I was busy with the real races, organizing right. those. And um, yeah, and we, we've just had to be more creative with it too. And thinking about, you know, other challenges we can present to people, keep things interesting. Well, and I'm sure that's a valuable experience for you too, because it gives you a different perspective, you know? Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it was, it, it has been, it's been fun, as fun as it can be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that same note, we've been running since the shutdown. Um, we've been running daily two two live zoom classes a day, um, for people to join, you know, like to join mm -hmm. from their home and, and that kind of thing. So I was doing some housework around here, uh, this fall and it's the first time I'd gotten our extension ladder out, which is, you know, a 15 foot extension ladder that goes up to 30 feet is can be tough to wield, but I felt so much stronger and so much better. I'm like, dang, this is I've always heard testimonials, but I've never had to give one of my own. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, when you do your own thing, right. you learn a lot more about the benefits. Right. Yeah. You see the benefit to it. Yeah, no, the whole Zoom fitness thing has been really interesting. Um, I, I never really, you know, was interested in any online fitness classes. Um, I've never been much of a class person in general, but when it's all you got, you know, you, mm. you embrace it. And it's amazing the different classes I've been doing, um, a lot more yoga because that's mm. something that I can easily do at home. And then I'm seeing the physical benefits of it. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I think things like that, I think are here to stay. Yep. Yep. 
And At least, uh, is, um, is sometimes a challenge, but you know, there's ways to work that in. And, um, well, there are challenges. We, I think our biggest, the biggest, uh, comment, I guess, for the people who aren't really getting into the stuff is, is like, I just can't get into it at home. You know, there's something missing. Um, but you know, it, there's, there's stuff that's going to be right for everybody. And right. I think as long as, as long as there's a community backing what you're doing, I think it, there's a really good chance that it'll, that it'll go. Um, right. That's the key with the online stuff, having a go-to person who's in charge mm, of that, not yeah. just, you know, Googling around looking for a class, but having that connection, you know, right. with your gym where they, you know, they know that they have that accountability because they're expected to be on Zoom. Yeah. Well, and, and on that, like, what's the, what would be the best way to get started with, with Epic Races? Um, whether it's you're brand new to this or you're brand new to vir- the virtual <laughs> Epic Races, um, what do you, what, would you have any suggestions on, on like, where would be a great, what would be a great race to start with? Um, what's the best way to, yeah, to get for, going? for somebody who, who's really new to the whole thing and, you know, like walking a mile is a big deal. We, we have with our turkey trot, we've got the bread and butter challenge <laughs> where yeah. it's walk or run a mile. Actually, yeah, it's a mile, a mile a day for 9.3 days. The reason it's 9.3 days with our traditional turkey trot, we have what's called the iron turkey. And it's a 10K and a 5K back-to-back on race day. And we have special swag for that. But we decided this year, everybody's an iron turkey. For what everybody has, you know, has been dealing with, where we're making everyone an iron turkey. And we offer four different challenges for that. So there's the, the bread and butter, which is a mile a day for 9.3 days, which is 5K plus 10K. There's the, the regular iron turkey. Pick two days, do a 10K, 5K, either back-to-back or not. The cornucopia which is one mile, two mile, three mile, four mile, five mile, add on a mile each day until you get to 9.3. Mm-hmm. And the tin foil turkey, which is run a mile one day and a 5K another day, just, you know, spacing that out. So in there, there's really you know, something for everybody, whether, you know, you are, you are a runner and looking for a bigger challenge or just looking to get into it, registering for something like that. Um, that said, I think we only have like 10 spots left <laughs> in that race. So if 10 people are listening, sign up now. Yeah. <laughs> we we'll um, definitely have 10 people. Yeah. The, the, the challenge we have with things like that, we have to estimate early on how many people are going to sign up and we have to mm. order the medals. So that, that's right. Really but, you know, there are other other virtual turkey trots out there that I saw. They are sending the swag after the first of the year. Mm. So people can sign up up until Thanksgiving but then they won't get their stuff until after the first of the year. We want everyone gotcha. to get their stuff on Thanksgiving. So sure. we have that cap. But um, yeah, we, we, we've got also um, a whole holiday series. That I talked about the Festivus for the Rest of Us 5K. We have the 12 Ks of Christmas and the 8 Ks of Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. So each of those have different challenges within the event, similar to what I described for the turkey trot where there's something where like for 12 days, one K a day minimum or like 12 Ks every day, you know, different things Mm -hmm. like that. So, and, and and people love the swag. So we've got great t-shirts and great medals and fun stuff. So to sign up um, and check out the whole menu of, of what you guys are offering, what's the best place? Epicraces.com. 
has okay. everything there. Each race does have its own URL, but that would be a lot to go through. Usually Googling the race, you find it, but epicraces.com is our homepage. That's got all the races listed right now. It's the ones I mentioned. And then soon we are going to be launching, I think our live races for 2021, um, assuming they're going to happen in some form. Mm. So we're working on how all of that's going to look. Um, we're, we're, we have a, a way for some of the races that are, are iffy where we won't actually be taking money. People can register, but we won't run credit cards because that's a big issue with a lot of these races. You sign up, you pay, and mm. because so much money is spent ahead of time, it's very hard to give refunds. So we're, we're working well, on a way to make that comfortable for everybody. Okay. Well, it sounds like a lot of, um, a lot of really cool stuff going on and, and, I guess one thing I wanted to touch on just a little bit here as we wrap up, um, if there's one thing that I've learned as a, as a gym owner and someone who is, you know, kind of a health promotion guy, the value of a challenge or the value of short-term goals or, you know, something that has a deadline, right? So do this by this time. Um, there is, I underestimate that. Um, because I think, you know, fitness and athletics have always been a part of who I am and what I do. But I lost sight of the fact that when someone has a deadline or somebody uh, has something, okay, I'm going to shoot for this in this time or, you know, anything like that, there's so much value to that. And we've started doing a lot more challenges in our, in our own facility and people, it, it keeps them engaged. It um, gives them something to shoot for. It gives them that feeling of accomplishment when they get it. Um, so just having that many options of things to just, to give yourself a goal, to give yourself something to do is, uh, is so, so important right now, especially when so many things are out of our control. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I think that's for everybody. Like you said, we, you get very used to it when fitness is part of your life. You just, you do it every day. Like you would brush your teeth. You just do. But for a lot of people, I think most people, you miss a day, you miss two days, that's that. And unless you have a goal or a reason to be doing it, it's easy to not. And just, just even whether you're setting the goal for yourself or you've signed up and paid money for someone else to set that goal for you that Mm -hmm. you have to follow it. It works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Eva, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we really appreciate hearing from you and, and I'm definitely going to check, check out uh, the menu at epicraces.com. But um, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you're listening, make sure that you're following the Fit Life formula. That's three days a week of something you love to do, two days a week of strength training, and one workout that just sucks. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 